The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hello and welcome back to IGN Live at E3 and a very special E3 edition of Beyond. I'm Max Scoville and joining me today, Marty Sleva, Andrew Goldfarb, and Daniel Krupa. Hey. How are you guys doing? I'm doing swell. Yeah. We're at E3. Uh, Now, right off the bat, I want to say that we're doing this a little bit out of the ordinary because we're at E3, we're in a big studio and there's Mm -hmm. lights and cameras and and action. Hollywood, everybody. So, uh, you know, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Obviously, we may not hit on everything because there's a lot of stuff coming out of E3 that we want to talk about. Uh, But, you know, we do this, we do the show every week. So, first, let's get to the big stuff from Sony's conference. Let's talk about Spider-Man. I want to talk about yeah. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah. I want to talk about Spider-Man. Spider-Man. It's so good. It's so good. I saw the BCD. Uh, it's I, like, I'm so, I, I had a smile on my face for that entire demo. Yeah. Like, it is It is exactly what I wanted. You have your face painted like Spider-Man as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, I was in my Spider-Man under ruse. <laughs> yeah. and I was really, I mean, this was, we, we said, like, one of the big things Sony needed to do this year was they, they, they gave us the, the tease yeah. last year, mm-hmm. and they needed to deliver on the promise. And we all trust Insomniac. They're great developers, but we're like, how is this game going to pan out? And I feel like by ending the show with an extended 10-ish minute demo, like, that's exactly what they needed to do to ensure and, me that this game's going to be cool. And to clarify some stuff, so like I, I, I talked to Brian Intar, who's a credit director and uh, former coworker of Marty. Yeah. Um, he uh, Collusion. so he clarified a lot of stuff. You, you are Peter Parker. Like yeah. you were playing as Peter Parker, which I think some people were confused about. Um, because of from, the stinger at the end with yeah. Miles Morales. Yeah, the stinger at the end. Some people interpreted it as he like Superman down really quick and changed clothes yeah, or something. Spider-Man can't like teleport and shape. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Familiarize yourself with uh, the crazy material, Miles please. Morales powers. <laughs> yeah. So you are you are Peter Parker, Spider-Man. You are you've been on the job for eight years. So he is very experienced. It's, I kind of love that that you're not like the pimply high schooler. Yeah. Who's going through puberty, but you're like, I've done this. Because we're getting that Spider-Man in a movie very yeah, soon. Yeah, it's cool to have another embodiment. And yeah. that's what I think is so cool. Like they, they compared him to a elite athlete in in peak condition. Okay. Like he is like that that just makes me wonder how are you gonna unlock new skills and abilities though? Well, and that's why I wonder about the Miles Morales thing. Because okay. they won't talk about it yet, but like my gut. I really think there's going to be more to that. I, I think there's, I don't know if it's like co-op or something, but like I feel like they wouldn't intro Miles Morales and they wouldn't show him an E3 press conference if he's just a cameo. Like they wouldn't have done that. It could that. be like a very significant supporting character. You know, if you play Uncharted, you play a lot of scenes with other characters in yeah, the room. You're yeah. talking to them. Like maybe he's training Miles up. He's on the opposite end of the room. He's taking people down and you're working through levels together. Maybe. That would yeah. be really cool. But I kind of like the idea of like in a Metroid or a Castlevania game where like Peter Parker as Spider-Man is the character you begin with who has all the 
powers unlocked, but Miles Morales is the thing where death comes and strips you of all your abilities. Yeah. And so you're playing as, you know, Peter Parker has uh, the entire skill tree fleshed out, but Miles Morales has to learn this because he's a kid. Hmm. And part of it, so like what, what I found most intriguing and what I like wrote a preview about is they said this game is very heavy on Peter Parker. Like, and so it is as much about Peter Parker as this Spider-Man. I love that. I, I love think that that's too. so cool. So and I think that's I, yeah. what Telltale Batman is trying to do. Yeah, a little bit, like I want to know Bruce if they're going to have stuff where you're pl- you're playing as Peter Parker. Did it sound like that's the case? hundred okay. percent. Yeah, like I really they they very heavily implied that there's major Peter Parker moments. Like there's uh, even in that demo, like he's chasing after Martin Lee, who's huh. Mister Negative, but Martin Lee is also uh, Aunt May's boss, and so he wants to take the guy down. But it's also like in his head, he's like, also, oh no, like Aunt May is working well, for this villain. Do we know anything about Peter Parker's profession in this game? Uh, what they said during the demo was that they they're not ready to talk about it yet, but where he works and who he works for will be very surprising. He's a, vlo- he's a vlogger? Yeah. He makes he's a meme. vlogger for IGN. <laughs> All right, memes. that'd be weird. Oh, I was going to say, like, Sony's been rolling camera mode into so many of their games and it makes perfect sense to have, like, camera mode that's actually got yeah, as a, a mechanic. Yeah, right. yeah, I love that. And then have that's that on really top cool of it. Yeah. yeah, we've seen, like, bits and pieces of that with, you know, stuff like Far Cry and GTA where you, yeah. have, you have to take a photo here and there, but... Or maybe it even is like maybe it's something like uh, you play as Peter Parker for a while and then he gets hurt or put out of commission or and then you, you take over as Miles Morales and that's yeah. what like, they mean by yeah. being about Sony Peter Parker. Really want to step up awareness of Miles Morales as a character because they've got an animated movie mm-hmm. coming up where Miles Morales. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, This is a great way of doing that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and uh, I mean the combat what we see right here it, it feels inspired by Arkham, which right. to me is not a knock. Like it's no, that's, that's super good. Yeah. Don't the, reinvent the wheel. I think everyone's big concern though is the amount of quick time events though. Yeah, you can speak a little bit. Yeah. So, and, and the way they explained that was uh, they were like pretty open about the fact that that's what everyone was talking about the next day. Uh, it is a open world Spider-Man game. You can swing around, you can do free combat, all of that stuff. The way they described it was they wanted like spectacle moments. They wanted uh, to kind of use quick time events as things that punctuate like big blockbuster scenes. And so I think like in missions like this, it does sound like you're going to see a lot of those almost in the way you do in God of War or okay. anything yeah, else. Uncharted. Uncharted. Yeah, yeah, I think totally. you have to accept some degree of it being on rails if you're going to have anything approaching that sure. level of spectacle. Sure. Otherwise, yeah. it's going to be you smashing into the side of a building <laughs> right. on the floor, running I, a little bit. I think With dramatic music player. That they chose to have the, have the button cues on screen mm-hmm. uh, because it really, I mean, it's, you can get people hyped about a game by stripping out the UI and being like, oh, it's just action. And you don't really think about it. You're like, that is the video game. Yeah. But with this, it's uh, like, this is real. Right. This is yeah. what exactly. it's going to look like. Yeah. Uh, now, speaking of God of War and quick time events and stripping the UI, uh, God of War is a game we saw demoed last yeah. year. Yep. And it was this beautiful kind of like slow, sort of somber thing that was, mm-hmm. you know, Kratos and his kid walking around. Uh, and it has stuff like knowledge gain popping up at the corner. And this time around, we got much more of kind of like a sizzly, like, kind of broad strokes, more story-based, uh, a lot more of a look at the, the kind of moment-to-moment action of God of War. What do you guys take, take away from this? Uh, I got, like Andrew with Spider-Man, I got to see this uh, behind closed doors and talk to Corey Barlog. Uh, and uh, they said that what they wanted to show this year were three things. They wanted to show the journey, they wanted to uh, tell people that the combat's still there, and they wanted to introduce some of the Norse mythology aspects. And so by the journey, they wanted to show that, you know, last year we saw that single, li- I think literal single shot, because he still insists this game is a single shot. That's so cool. He still insists the camera does not cut There's in this no video cut, game. Yeah. Which I don't understand what that means, but he insisted. Okay. Again. Uh, and so while, while last year had that one scene, he wanted to show all the different places you're going to go here. Uh, and then when it comes to combat, uh, they showed that the, we're going to see it soon, but it's very much... God of War still. It's still yeah. combo base. It's still, you have melee weapons, ranged weapons, magic. Uh, your son is an ally in this. And I, I don't know, I find that really what was, cool. What was yeah. the demo they showed you? 
Uh, it was this. It was okay. this with context. And so that okay. was the thing. So, they, they showed this footage, but he sort of well, paused I mean, it and was talking Yeah, the trailer it. jumps around a lot. Was it just, was just showing the footage and then talking? It was literally it? this footage. Okay. So what you're I seeing think, is what I saw. But like right here, he's looking at a vase that is him. So his uh, sort of his... Like his story has become part he's, of mythology. Yeah, he is yeah. infamous. And what he did in Greece was infamous. And okay. so the, the people in this no, north... No, it was God of War. Infamous is the Sucker Punch game. Stop that. Stop <laughs> it right, right now. I'm happy to announce this is my last episode ever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I actually really like what they're doing here. If you play the... Uh, I think it was in Witcher 2. Uh, maybe it's the I, Witcher 2 or 3, whichever. They have these flashbacks that are done in these like heavily stylized, sort of very just like... Like sketchy, like folktale-looking kind of not even cutscenes, but like motion graphics, and it kind of helps just really ground the character. It's like this is this is legend, this is lore. Yeah, uh, well, I, I find it really cool that uh, people took the trailer from last year and were looking at it frame by frame, and there were in the distance you could see like a huge serpent, or you could see yeah. things that represented. I, I uh, that was on the weeks after E3, people yeah. were finding things. And they yeah, found little yeah. bits, and like now that we're seeing stuff like that, now that they're like like pulling the camera back just enough that we're mm -hmm. we're getting a little bit of a better idea that that stuff is in the game, and confirming that those people right mm -hmm. is really cool yeah and uh, I, th I think the dynamic of the sun both in terms of a mechanic I think is really interesting like there's there's a there's a sun button what <laughs> there's a sun button what I mean, most Stop games that. have a sun button but it's like it, it's what's, sort it, of what's the kid's name uh, be, 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 Clive no. Clive yeah. Clive uh, I don't, I don't know if they traditional Norse name yeah. Clive <laughs> but you can uh, like in combat you can hit the button and they show scenes where he jumps onto an enemy's back and sort of stuns them so that you're able to attack him okay. he will uh, shoot arrows at an enemy he'll you know stab an enemy so he's like he's a tool and, uh, and an asset he Thing to say about a young boy. <laughs> but also, one thing I find super interesting, Corey pulled this from his own life, is that uh, Kratos doesn't speak the Norse language in this in this world, but his son does, and so his son has to translate signs. His son has to translate dialogue, and Corey pulled that from his wife is Swedish, and his he has a five year old son really who is able to speak the language, and Corey doesn't, and so he has to go to his five year old and be like. What, what does this say? <laughs> like, I don't understand really what this cool. says. So, you know, Kratos has all the muscles and all the weapons, but he still has to rely on his son to be like, I can't get through That's this world. Cool you have to tell me what's happening right now. I really I like, like that. that. Yeah. Um, now, one thing, we did, we did see this without any without any like context of, of UI really. Uh, there was that shot where he's like climbing up a ladder of skeletons and like another skeleton jumps out or whatever and then the kid just stabs it in the eye. My first thought seeing that was like that totally looks like a quick time event. Yeah. Um, but I mean that's kind of going to be an interesting way. We've seen this with uh, with the Tomb Raider games mm -hmm. where there are parts where you're going through like a bloody tunnel full of skeletons. It's always skeletons. Yeah, a lot of skeletons. It's a placeholder for loading screens. Yeah. And if they are in fact doing one continuous shot, that's a way you can do it. Yeah. Especially yeah. if there's you know a serpent in the distance. I feel like at that point he may have just hit the sun button. If you click the sun button when you that's climb your, up the that's, that's your answer for everything these days. <laughs> yeah. But I also love, I loved how this ended because this, the Midgar Serpent rolls up and you're like, oh, this is going to be the boss battle yeah. that's reminiscent of the Hydra from God of War 1. And like, he's like the weird dude from Dark Souls. Yep. He's like kind of like the ugly little serpent man. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah he's like, and then he just throws up your axe and is yeah. like, now we're good. No, I, that's what I love. Between this and the guy uh, who Kratos throws the axe at his head, uh, there's the merchant in the game. He's uh, one of two dwarf twins that huh. you end up upgrading your weapons from. I oh, like, cool. I, it made me excited that even though that character seems a little like whiny or whatever, like I like that there's still like weird personality-driven yeah. characters like yeah, that yeah. because the game, like God of War, has always been at its best when it's not taking itself super seriously, in my opinion. And mm -hmm. so I think like little moments like that, little levity is good. Yeah, because like last year it seemed like a very somber and serious. Yeah, yes, yeah. definitely. But I think yeah, yeah, I, levity the levity is good. It's also it seems it seems self-aware and that's yeah. that's cool. Uh, I'm really excited about God of War for probably the, the first time ever. Um, Speaking of fighting big, huge, giant things, probably the, the big, huge surprise of Sony's presentation was, of course, Shadow of the Colossus, which is being, I guess, fully remade by Bluepoint Games, the guys yeah. who've been remastering tons of PS2 classics. Mm -hmm. uh, 
this? What are we, yeah, it looks incredible. It looks genuine stunning. surprises. We, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like a lot of times we know things beforehand, and we gotta we gotta be mum on this. But this came up, and we just started screaming. It was probably yeah. it was very unprofessional, but we just started yelling. It was really weird. There was a, about six hours before the conference, there was a bunch of trademarks that that people found, huh. and they literally all ended up being right. It was the wow. impatient Shadow of the Colossus, like, and there was this list. And when Shadow of the Colossus went on there, everyone's like, "Oh, it's gonna be like a PS2 on PS4, or yeah. Like, yeah. like PS2 classic kind of mm-hmm. thing." I don't think it ever even entered my mind that we would get to see Shadow of the Colossus looking this good. I mean, especially after, you know, finally we got The Last Guardian at the end of last year, and I, I, I don't think anything can live up to a 10-year promise. But, you know, I think a lot of people who are big fans of Ueda's work were sort of underwhelmed by it a little bit. And so I thought, I was like, that's closing the chapter on this trilogy. Like, we're done with this. And so seeing this and seeing... I think Shadow of Colossus is a near-perfect game, yep. and the only things I could fault it for are some technical things. And so, if this fixes frame rate and controls and camera, and camera yeah. then like, it's holy really diff- crap! It's a really tricky thing, though. Like, like it's a weird thing that you have in games, like remastering a classic. And, like yeah. in movies, we kind of resent this, whereas yeah. this, we're super hyped about it. Yeah, well, yeah. There's, no, there's no mechanics in movies. Yeah, yeah. Unless it's about like car car people. But or like, but yeah. As a developer, like, what extent are they yeah. changing stuff in yeah. to make well, it look like that? Yeah. And then you're losing what? essence of the original game in that yeah. process. I think yeah. it's I think it's fantastic. I'm very curious to see like obviously Blue Point they they're kind of seen as like a as a remaster house. Mm-hmm. Uh are they going to be pulling any help from, from Team Eco at all? There's no mention of Team is Eco attached at all. Still, I mean Studio Japan is mentioned in the trailer so I would guess that like whatever members of Team Eco have kind of been absorbed into Sony, maybe? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm really, I'm unclear on that to you. I, I, I don't yes. even know if a way to, would be involved in this. I doubt it, because he's not at Sony anymore. Yeah, like, he he's a contract studio, I mean, and he contracted yeah. to the end of... Maybe maybe that's what they need, is there's somebody had the original creative vision, and then you take people who understand what works and what doesn't, yeah. and yeah. they're not, they're not, like, the creators, basically. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's sometimes, sometimes the cover is better than the original song. Yeah, that's totally um, true. Uh, on that note, we're going to take a quick break, really quick. Uh, Beyond at E3 will be back right after this. Weird voice. <laughs> Welcome back to IGN Live at E3, and this is a very special big budget edition of Beyond. Triple <laughs> A remaster of a real classic that we do every week. Um, all right, guys, uh, let's talk really quickly about some of the other stuff from Sony's conference. Uh, the next kind of big game coming out is, of course, Uncharted Lost Legacy. Yeah. Uh, who wants to talk about that? I'm, I, I, again, I got Go to see it, it. Uh, behind closed doors. Uh, I'm super excited for this game. I think I loved Uncharted 4. Uh, my only problem with it was I felt it was a little long in the tooth. I feel like a lot of the beats went on just a little mm-hmm. too much. And so the idea of tightening this up into a shorter Uncharted game sounds amazing. Uh, I think the dynamic between Chloe and Nadine is going to be awesome. I saw the scene in the demo where uh, you're playing as Chloe, you're hiding in the bush, and Nadine is behind you, and there's two guards. And she's like, all right, I'll take the guy on the left, you take the guy on the right on three. One, two. And Nadine just runs out, chokes one guy, and kicks the other guy. And Chloe's like, all right, well, I guess we can do that as I well. <laughs> and I think that's great. Like, I want that playful dynamic. Uh, I'm super stoked for this game. I think th- I, calling this an expansion or DLC, I think, is, is undermining what this actual thing is. Like, this is the next Uncharted game. Yeah, I don't think they're even calling it like that. They're, no, they're it's a just the fact that it yeah. happens to be in that engine. I'm stoked. Uh, yeah. yeah, and not having a number on there kind of helps attract maybe new people to the franchise. Uh, we saw that demo at PSX. It was all very, like, one shot, and it was it was just Chloe, like, creeping through in a hood and, and lock picking it. It was very, it didn't look like Uncharted. It didn't look like big. Uh, 
uh, you know, grand Temple of Doom stuff. Yeah. But then we got a trailer that showed off some of that. Yeah. Uh, and the demo I saw, 100%. It was, uh, you were in the jungle, you got into this firefight, and trees were falling, and everything was crumbling, and then you ended up in this spooky tomb, and a truck went through a wall. The truck was kind of like Jason Voorhees. It just kept appearing, which I was kind of fine with. Dude, trucks are the main enemy in Uncharted. There's yeah. always a truck. Yeah, there's always a girl, a lighthouse, and a truck. Yeah, yeah. real weird. Uh, now, speaking of... Uh, not really anything, I guess. Days Gone, which yeah. is like a, it has motorcycles in it, which are like half a half so, a truck. Yeah. I saw the Days Gone. Uh, last year, didn't you? I saw Days Gone last year. Yeah. I haven't seen this one yet. I think you just saw it. Yeah. But from the conference demo, like this is a little bit more of what I wanted last year. It's not fully there yet for me. Like, um, and I'm excited. I'm seeing seeing it behind those doors too. Like this demo gave me a little bit more of Deacon. It made me understand him as a character a little bit more, which I think is what that game needs. Because like. Visually, I think this game looks great. I think the stuff with the Horde is a pretty interesting take on zombies, like that they operate as like one cohesive unit that's mm -hmm. kind of terrifying just by strength and numbers. But I still have to care about the characters and, and what's happening to actually be invested in this. And like, they've got me like 25% closer to caring, but I'm still a little bit just hesitant to be like, oh, like this is PlayStation's next great hero. I think know? that's really key because there's so much zombie fiction in the world and if you, it's kind of a reality where characters are so expendable. If you don't care about them, it's yeah. very, very samey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that being said, like I think the, uh, the way they use the swarm as sort of a tool where you're like, all right, I'm going to uh, open this door so that they come and take out the humans and so I can proceed. Like I find that interesting. It's essentially, yeah. it's Pikmin. Yeah, exactly. Right. It, this is absolutely is. Pikmin. It's yeah. zombie Pikmin. I like that. Um, I, I think that it, they're doing a very similar thing to what Horizon did. Uh, if you look at Horizon, it's like this wonderful kind of like mixtape of great mechanics from other games, all executed really, really well. Uh, but if you if you jump into that, you understand you understand what's going on there. And it's, I don't I don't think derivative is is at all an applicable term. But it's it's iterative. You know, it's taking familiar themes and, and mechanics and doing stuff with them. And I think we're seeing very much the same thing here with Days Gone. I think their their key thing they're doing is using enemies as a weapon. Mm -hmm. yeah. And like if you dig down to it, and the same way Horizon was like the really big thing was was the monster fights. Uh, but in this case, uh, we've done we've done stuff like in, like in like Far Cry games you can be like, oh I let the leopard out and the leopard yeah. goes around and kill people. But that's like one animal. In this case, it's a whole swarm. swarm yeah. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Also a zombie bear. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, I mean the the setting completely doesn't interest me. Like, but a lot of people love. I love it. Walking Pacific Dead. Northwest. Uh, the, the Pacific Northwest is fine. I mean, the post-apocalyptic Pacific yeah. Northwest, starring a uh, biker with that was a, that cut was off sleeves. <laughs> Apocalyptic yeah. Pacific Northwest. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well done. Keep yeah. saying that. Uh, now another game, uh, completely completely shifting gears. Uh, a different future is of course Detroit Become Human, which is the latest from Quantic Dream. Yeah, and David Cage. Yeah, like. Like I think we started this game a few years ago when we had that teaser trailer. Well, yeah, it's Cara. trailer Cara, yeah. which was I thought was fascinating when we first saw that. This kind of deeper dive in the conference almost got me less excited because it looks a bit less distinct and interesting. It's kind of this robot rebellion. But what's we cool were, about it is like this is they're doing so like we're seeing footage right now from last year's demo, which is the. Uh, kind of hostage negotiation yeah. situation, and you have these three paths. Kara from that tech demo is one of them. This guy's the other, and then the, the one they introduced in the press conference this year is Marcus, which is the, uh, uh, he's played by Jesse Williams, so he's on the Grey's Anatomy and stuff. Uh, I find that- Thanks, Andrew. Super <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, I find that, that little like uprising element of it really interesting if it's only a third, yeah. because part of it, I think like if, if they're t kind of telling the story of, of 
the extreme of one side that is super like anti-human, the extreme of the other side of trying to blend in and just not wanting to like upset the balance, and then a guy in the middle who almost Another operates a literally liaison change. between the two. Yeah. I find that fascinating. Yeah, and I actually got to go hands-on with uh, this demo that we're seeing now from last year, uh, uh, yesterday, and I really liked it. Yeah. I liked the sort of choose-your-own-adventure approach, and, and the more you explore before you have the encounter, this hostage situation, the more you explore, the more information you have in your choices. So I explored the house a little bit, and I learned that this android's name is Daniel, so that when I got out there, I could say Daniel, and it sort of calmed him down a little bit. I'm sorry, I keep and saying Daniel and looking okay. at you. I feel calmed down. <laughs> but it, it lowers it literally because I, I played that demo last year and it yeah. like lowers the probability of, of a bad outcome yeah. when you do that. Yeah. And it's literally displayed on screen. And, and does it play like similar to Quantic Dreams other games? Yeah, it, it feels better than Beyond Two Souls because that game, when you were a ghost in that game, it, but it has like it has <laughs> cool, yeah, like, just a, like a camera flying yeah. around. Like. It has touchpad stuff too, where like you're rewinding and, and fast forwarding like to figure out yeah, like, so what happened. If you sort of think of like Arkham VR, where you're rewinding Spirit a crime time, scene yeah. and trying to find a specific yeah. angle to okay. see a thing, it kind of has that. I don't know. I'm super yeah. intrigued by this. So yeah. my big concern with this, and I love, I love kind of the what do we call it, interactive narrative kind mm -hmm. of thing. Uh, Heavy Rain is is awesome, and it's so cool that it's got all those different endings and stuff. But I sort of wish, in a way, that it was two hours long because I'll rewatch a movie infinitely. Yeah. It's really cool, and if it's got a whole bunch of different different endings and outcomes, that's awesome. But the fact that I don't necessarily want to play through like a full campaign. Sure. To get to, like I love the idea, and this is all about the, the very dense like minuscule decisions and rewinding them, and like it's just that kind of like that buyer's remorse of decision making. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. They've also said like all three of the characters can die at any point. And I'm like, can I make this like a like a, like a like half a an hour game? game. Yeah. 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 Like, that could be play, I'm like, you're going off the roof. You're going off the roof. You're in the pool. Done. <laughs> yeah. All I mean, sometimes you get that with the trophy. <laughs> you get that with the choose your own adventure thing. Yeah. Um, now, next up, uh, Kingdom Hearts three. We got a, a brand new trailer for that that was delivered. <sighs> yep. They so we keep being like they just dropped it in the middle of the night. It's like no, they showed it during a symphony presentation. Yeah, which was <laughs> sort of surprising. Uh, like I don't know what's happening here. This is. Well, He's the one who's most excited, so he deserves to be on here. Uh, yeah, they dropped the trailer uh, a couple nights ago, and uh, it showcased a couple things. Like, the game looks gorgeous. I mean, yep. We haven't had a proper console Kingdom Hearts for 12 years, yep. 2005. And, and the motion in this is, like, insane. Yep. Like, it's just, like, watching it. It's built in Unreal. Like, mm -hmm. watching the, the physics of it, as stupid as it sounds, just, like, the movement looks so cool and mm -hmm. different. Because I remember playing that game on PS2 and just thinking at the time that it was so pretty, and, and people have been playing The Office recently, and yeah. I look, and it, it's not quite there. No. And like, even compared to the PS4 remasters, I think this looks distinctly just yeah. different. That's and it gives a morsel of the story with uh, Maleficent and Pete going to Hades, and being like, you have the black box? And I'm like, yeah. ooh, what are these black boxes? And this is kind of a teaser for something they're showing at D23. Yeah. So second week of July, yeah. they're going to show, reveal a new world and give us some context for, I guess, what we saw here. You tried to give me a scoop on what the world was. When they said the black box, you thought of airplanes, and you thought of Lost, which was an ABC oh, show owned no, by Disney. No, we're not going to talk about Lost, Lost and Kingdom Hearts, Marty. I'm sorry. We have I to move on. It. It's been such a long three week. I forgot I made that joke. Do you really want it to be Grey's Anatomy? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Jesse. <laughs> okay. All, all right. All right. All right. Sorry, Rain it in, fellas. Um, one thing we saw that was a big, kind of big surprise reveal was Monster Hunter World, which is Monster Hunter coming to PS4. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say Xbox One as well. Like it was a bit unclear what it was, and he didn't really see him fighting the monster. At no, all. no, he ran away a lot. Yeah, he was like the monster. <laughs> and, and I think it was important to say, like people who are not familiar with that franchise, it has a sense of humor. So when he's putting the ghillie suit on and it looks silly, like that is part of Monster Hunter's appeal for those fans. I think if you don't play Monster Hunter, you right. go, that was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, a, it's the same thing as like Metal Gear, where you yeah. get yeah. rid of your box and it goes. Yeah, where the box go. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is interesting though because I. 
I have to say this this wasn't a great demo. Like, no, I don't think anybody's no. really. I think people who don't know Monster Hunter are like, okay, okay what am I looking at? And people who do know Monster Hunter are like, okay, what did they <laughs> yeah. do to Monster Hunter? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is they didn't show them fight and they didn't show multiplayer. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I, you know, the Monster Hunter series is great. It has an amazing pedigree, and I think in Japan this game's going to blow up. But it just wasn't a good showing. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, there is, so Monster Hunter Frontier Z, I believe, was on PS4 in Japan. So it's not like, there is some kind of console install base, but these games do, are at their best, or sell at their best, at least, on portable. And yeah. like, that's, that's what I think of now, last gen PSP, now more 3DS. I, I'm curious to see, especially in the West, what that looks like in, in terms of console. Yeah, it's like this like, sleeping giant of a game in the West that's mm -hmm. never really taken off in the way that Capcom wants to. Yes, yeah. exactly. And I feel like going on PS4, announcing it at Sony's conference, is like them making a big signal of 10. Like, yeah. we're, we're going to try again. Yeah. And hopefully it works out for them. Yeah, I mean, I hope for the best, but I think as far as demos go, to show something that's clearly trying to be indicative of, of gameplay, but then is like, to be like, oh, here's a game being played, and then to have just jump cuts interspersed yeah, throughout yeah. it. That was the weirdest part. That was like fade call. into something else, yeah. 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 Maybe because well, you could just have a demo, which is an extended hunt. Yeah, like, yeah. Beginning to end. Have I a mean, shorter demo. Or I just... saw Capcom's logo and I thought we were getting deep down. Yeah, we I don't know if we're going to get deep down. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if that'll help. I was also out. a little bit disappointed because a lot of us were hoping from was going to be at the show either Bloodborne Two or a new IP, and this was a, a character with a big weapon fighting a big monster. But I was like, mm, that's not that's not yeah. Bloodborne Two. I mean, I'd love to be pleasantly surprised and yeah. just. Totally grabbed by. I mean, we've seen a lot of uh, we've seen a lot of uh, Japanese franchises kind of like take modern mechanic or Western mechanics that are kind of we, we think think of as like modern mechanics and throwing them into like existing stuff. Yeah. And uh, I mean, like we got an open world Final Fantasy game with like yeah. action elements, which some people didn't like, but I'd also I don't know it hooked me. Uh, so if Monster Hunter does the same thing, that could be really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's got grappling hooks. It's got like pterodactyls with sinus infections. So yeah, that's, that was, that's I felt bad for that man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then of course, uh, speaking of just. <laughs> Western stuff. Call of Duty, World yeah, War II. Yeah, Western Front. Yeah, yeah, there we go. I get it. World War II uh, kids. Marty, you've had you've got a chance to sort of like pay attention. Yeah, to this, so. I'm uh, really excited for this. Like, I'm not a big uh, multiplayer uh, mm -hmm. guy, but the idea of this series finally going back to World War II after nine years. World at War was the last game. That was last gen. So the yep. idea of uh, sort of bringing, you know, the 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 this. War video games, in my mind, I, I always envision the D-Day. The I always envision, you know, storming the, the beaches at Normandy. And uh, the idea, we haven't done that in a very long time. Mm -hmm. and, and the way technology has advanced, like, I'm totally down to do this again. And the way they're talking about, we don't, they don't want us to play as a superhero, which I think is super cool. Like, they're like, we don't want you double jumping. We don't want you ground pounding. Like, there's no air dashes. Like, you are a kid who had a gun He's thrust in his hand. to go do something horrible. Yeah, and instead of, like, there's no power slide button, the slide button is you dive into the sand and, and cover your head. And there's no re health regen. There's, there's uh, med packs. Yeah, like, also, I, I, was, cool. I was surprised at how gory it is. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've seen Call of Duty. It's always been an M-rated franchise. But uh, there, were, there were moments in, I think, World at War had, like, and stuff, yeah. you know, legs getting blown off, and we got some of that in this in this yeah. sizzle reel they showed at E3. And, yeah. and I'm like, I'm not, you know, I'm I'm 30, so I'm not quite at that stage in my life where I'm like, yeah, they got legs getting blown off. But at the same time, I'm like, oh well, that's a change of pace. Wait, um, you're not at that. I don't, stage I'm not, in your life, like, is that, was that earlier or later? I'm not, no, I'm not like, come. Yeah. 60. Yeah, I'll be 80 years old, going, I am physical blood violence, soldier of fortune three. Um, yeah, so uh, one thing we also got to look at was Destiny 2. Yeah, and they, they pulled the release date back two days, which is 
probably the first time strange, I've ever seen that happen. Yeah. 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 Dustin asked them on the live show, like, what's the deal with that? They're like, just going to be ready. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's very odd. Was it um, not going to be otherwise? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're we've, there's, of course, if you're, if you're fascinated by, by Destiny, there's uh, an entire IGN show called Fireteam Chat yes. about that, full of hardcore fans who have also done we a cool show here. so much, yes. so much more than yes. we do. And yep. they, Way we higher just, levels. We just, please don't be mad at us. We yeah. just, yeah. Um, on that note, we're going to take a very quick break. IGN Live at E3 will be back right after this, so don't go anywhere. You, down here, come here, come on, come on, let's go, come on, come on, all right. Welcome back to IGN Live at E3, and a very special edition of Beyond. Um, okay, so we talked about all the stuff that was at Sony's press event, and of course, you know, at E3. Uh, let's talk about what wasn't. Lots of stuff, really, just yeah. a, pretty much an infinite amount of things. Uh, but specifically, we didn't get anything. We didn't get anything about dreams. The uh, uh, why? Just tell us. You predicted dreams. it wouldn't be there. You did uh, this because of course, because they keep like, look, they have promised. There was supposed to be a beta, I believe, last year of dreams that didn't happen. So we're now pretty far removed. This is a game that can't function the way it's meant to unless it is populated with years of user content before mm. it's out. So like. The plan, as I understood it in like 2015, was that we were just going to get this, this rolling series of betas where people would be able to create stuff and that would influence the game. None of that's happened. So, I mean, like... like do you think maybe they're having playtesters do that kind of stuff? Maybe. And signing very heavy NDAs? I mean, I think, like, that's kind of what I'm wondering. And they're doing these weekly streams. It's not like they've been silent. The day before the show, they tweeted out, hey, we won't be at E3. Like, they haven't been... It's not like they've been completely cut off the way, like, The Last Guardian was back in the day or something. But they have to be planning something for this game. Yeah. And I, I think your, your E3 prediction specifically didn't end up being right, but I think when we see this again, it will be like a available now situation. Yeah. Yeah. And there's also like several other events. There's so many events, as we all know, throughout the yeah. year for them to like show this off. Gamescom, you know, PSX. Gamescom, so soon, or yeah. if they do like, one year like Sony went to Paris Games Week, yeah. and they might just think the, tem like the tone of this game, it's better not to show it on an E3 stage alongside God of War and Spider-Man, which yeah. are very bombastic. Suddenly, you have to slow the pace right down yeah. and do that. Yeah, yep. I, just, I really hope this game still exists and that this isn't, like, I mean, we had a joke about Deep Down. I really hope this game isn't just a thing that a couple years from now we're like, remember Dreams? Yeah, I, most importantly, I hope this game isn't the thing that sinks me in a molecule. Yeah. Like, I want, I love their creativity. I, I love what they bring to kind of this whole ecosystem, and I think it would just really be a shame if this project ended up being a resource drain. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're IGN's sack boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a horrible boy. thing to say. Uh, another thing we didn't see was anything from Sucker Punch. They've been pretty much silent since the last Infamous game. And, yeah. Uh, Lots of rumors about uh, new IP from them. Uh, I don't, I, I, I want them to do that. I don't want them to do, I, I don't think we need another Infamous, honestly. Um, I especially don't think we need it with existing Infamous characters. So I, it would just be nice for them to go in a different direction. I think it's did. a pretty safe bet we'll see uh, some tease from them next year, and yeah. then if, they're, if Sony's kind of got this pattern to, to conferences down at E3, yeah, yeah. or possibly sort of even PSX, like, yeah, maybe. You know, yeah. You know, we yeah. saw big games get announced in the last couple PSXs. PSX. saying it. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you think that Sony's basically because they are doing so well? We just heard that there's I think 60 million PlayStation yeah. 4s yep. in people's homes uh, because they're just they're 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 leading the the console wars. Mm -hmm. Like, are they just like? Okay, third party will carry us. Let's like give our first party stuff breathing yeah. room. I mean, they they are, and it, it's funny because they, 
with something like Infamous as a great example, it never sold that well. And yeah. then when PS4 started, Second Son actually sold remarkably well for that franchise because suddenly there was more attention mm-hmm. on it. And so I think at this point, like they don't need to rush into first party games because when they come, they tend to all do well. Like yeah. Horizon did really well. Uncharted. I, yeah. Uncharted, yeah. yeah. So I, I think like these big, fun, action blockbuster games like kind of don't have anything to worry about. Mm-hmm. Uh, then of course we didn't get anything for Bloodborne 2. Uh, I'd like, I don't want Bloodborne 2. <laughs> like, I, I'm that being said, you need to prepare to try. Because <laughs> I don't want to have to do that again. Um, <laughs> but if I, like, it, I'm a big hypocrite on this. Like, yeah. If you made it, I'd be my it, most yeah. anticipated game. But if you look at what's happened to the Dark Souls series, I think it's a good example of subtracting by adding. Mm-hmm. Like story-wise, at least, which is the thing I like most about those games. Because after three, the original story is a bit of a mess. Mm-hmm. Like it's not good ambiguity. I think they've convoluted it. And I think Bloodborne just stands alone so brilliantly yeah. that I don't really need a sequel. Yeah, I mean, I'm sort of in the same boat where I want them to keep making games in this vein, but I don't need Bloodborne 2. Like I, yeah. I want them to do a new IP. Like even well, I don't, we said- always joke about something like doing something sci-fi or like they are the developers of Armored Core. So mm. like, how could could the Souls heart exist in a mech game? Yeah, Miyazaki said that they're developing three games. Yeah, um, and one is something very. Very surprising that you yeah. wouldn't expect from that studio. Dark Souls 4. <laughs> <laughs> Dark Blood. Um, but yeah, like that's, I just want to see that at some point. I want to see them do different things. Yeah. yeah. Because we see so many other studios trying to do their thing now. Oh, yeah. Every, yeah. They've become a genre. Yeah. 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 Now, uh, you mentioned that you, you don't want another one, just, and I totally get that. Same with me with, uh, with Last of Us 2. I had a very mean Instagram comment saying, did, did Neil Druckmann hurt you? Why would you not want that? Only phrase much worse, and like the reality is, like I think that's such a that's such a wonderful game on its own. Yeah. Why gild the lily? Why why overdo it? But yeah. We didn't see any Last of Us two. We know that's in the works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it. Uh, yeah. I, I sort of agree with you. Where I think Last of Us has one of the best endings in a game yeah. ever. And you talked about ambiguity with Dark Souls, and and that's the ending of that game. I'm like, this is perfect. But then they got on stage at PSX, and like we're doing it again. And he has said. Trust us, we wouldn't do this unless we knew what we were doing. Yeah, and I guess they have the freedom to do whatever they want. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And that's um, the thing, they wouldn't, like, the fact that it's the same creative team, yeah. it, it's not like this is like a cash grab. This yeah. is like, yeah, like, like studio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'd love totally. another one of those Last of Us. Yeah. This isn't like a Batman Arkham Origins <laughs> version yeah. of Last of Us. Like, this is a, like, they want to tell this story, and that yeah. is enough for me. Like, yeah. that gives me fit. That's a, like, I, I think I mentioned on our post show, uh, I find it weird that they revealed this at PSX and didn't wait until E3. Yeah. So I feel like if this would have been, if we would have saw the PSX trailer mm. during E3, I think we would have left the conference with like, holy crap, all right, yeah. this was our Death Stranding or well, Spider-Man where it was like a short tease at something yeah. that's a couple years out. Well, uh, speaking of Death Stranding, we also didn't get a look at that. However, there's lots of Death Stranding merchandise for sale on the show floor. And yeah. there's a low roar concert. Really? Uh, song? Yeah. Oh man, I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. And Kojima's in town hanging out with Neil Blomkamp having breakfast. Yeah, That's I saw right. that, yeah. yeah. And yeah. you could buy like a Luden statue. He's got his weird web, his web shirt. Yeah, I'm there's like sure what's new going on t-shirts. There. I like, also like, I don't want to sound like I'm mocking the merch because I already have that vinyl. I pre-ordered <laughs> it when it was coming out. It's, it's really cool. But yeah, it's kind of weird that Kojima's like leaning into this. You yeah. Know? I mean, yeah, I guess we also have like, we have, uh, we have, <laughs> Action figures of, of the Final Fantasy VII remake announced. So yeah, that's yeah. sometimes that's yep. how it works. Games are super expensive to develop, and maybe you have to sort of, I mean, bands don't get the most from concert tickets; they get it from the merch. It yeah. almost feels like they're establishing a cult around this game, like before we've even seen it. Before it's we like, know what genre of video yeah. game this yep. is. Yeah, yep. um, I'm totally. I mean, we're huge Metal Gear fans. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with Death Stranding. I'm like, I don't think this is a PS4 game. I'm fine with that. Take all the time you want. Yeah. I think this is. I think we'll get this in 2020 with Cyberpunk and with Beyond Good and Evil, and I'm kind of fine with that. 
Yeah. Um, what about Final Fantasy VII Remake? <laughs> you know, this is one of those, like, obviously, I don't, I would expect this TGS at this point. Like, I think that's probably going to be the next time we see something. And I think what they need, and you were actually when you said this, Max, I think they need to do their uh, episode of Dusk Guy. I think to, to prove that this exists, just let us run around in Midgar, yeah. just give us one tiny section of the game. Give us Midgar. Yeah, exactly. Like, like that wasn't that long in the original game, just totally. give us Midgar. And yeah. that would be great if it was just like a couple hours of mm -hmm. like understanding the mechanics, the battle system. Like, I think. They need a proof of concept right now because this is starting to feel like vaporware. And I think in a year where Shadow of the Colossus gets revealed, it's like, well, are yeah. we also not going to see this for five yeah, more years? Yeah. It, it's yeah. a little strange, especially since they said this is divided into three parts. And we don't even have a date for part one, yeah. let alone part two or three. Yeah. Hey, man, that's fine. You, know? you don't need a date. You're fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it sucks that we have to wait so long to play games that they already made. Uh, anyway, uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2, that yes. was the, one of the big surprises of the show. Ubisoft revealed that in a beautiful CG. Like, you know, there's a part of me that's like, oh, cool, cool, they made a CG trailer. That's that's super exciting. But honestly, it looks really, really cool. And I'm totally really on board. Cool. I don't know what the hell it is, but what do we know about this? I'm, I'm hesitant to say anything because literally in like an hour, I'm going to talk to Michelle oh. and tell about this. So ask him what it is. I'll, I'll do that. Yeah. yeah uh, <laughs> he's, so he's he's referred to it as GTA in space. And yeah. it's got swearing animals. And, and it, it has a lot of like personality, like the first game did. From what we've heard. They spent a lot of the time that it's been quiet just building the tech. Yeah. And it sounds like they basically spent this entire time making sure the tech was ready so they can begin development on the game, mm -hmm. which it does sound, from what little bits and pieces are coming out from interviews and stuff, it almost sounds like more of a Destiny style, like, yeah. a, like a... That's like my biggest worry, though. And yeah. as cool as it would be to run around with friends and be swearing animals in space, I kind of just want like a, I want this, I want this universe with story. Yeah. Well, I thought when they announced it, Michelle Ansel came on stage, you also brought out the narrative designer. So I don't know. Hopefully, that may allay some of those fears. Yeah, I feel. I feel like by bringing her out, it was like this Statement. is a game with a story. Yeah. Don't yeah. worry about this. Uh, I find it weird that they call it Beyond Good and Evil Two, but it's a prequel, and it's been long enough to where you can just kind of call it Beyond Good and Evil. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Call it too. Um, yeah, I'm just curious to see because Beyond Good and Evil, the original, I was really ahead of its time with a lot of the mechanics in terms of photography, its combat, like yeah. it's, it's stuff that's in almost every game now, but you know, back in 2003 or four, whenever it came out, uh, wasn't that commonplace. But he's also like, was working on that other game, Wild. Wild, yeah, well, where's Wild? Now I switched back to this, like, what about the other game? Yeah, yeah, yeah where's, that, where's that giant naked snake woman? You should just say, you can't start that until you do this one. Yeah, you yeah it's like you can't have dessert until yeah, you yeah. finish dinner. If you don't yeah. eat meat, you won't get any pudding? Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of the, the weird boat, is that he, there have been two fantastic Rayman games over the last yeah. few years, it's not like Michelle Ansel hasn't been doing anything, but I, I think, Either Wild or Beyond Good and Evil 2 needs to just come out. Like I feel like when point. this is just going into the final crunch, he's going to be like, I'm going to get some coffee. And he comes back, guys, I have a great idea for a new Rayman game. And I was like, ah! Oh, um, Michelle. <laughs> yeah, so speaking of Destiny likes, uh, the big reveal from EA that everyone was like, what? It was what Bioware is working on, which is Anthem, yep. which... Yep. Oh, it looks really, really cool. Yeah. Looks, yeah. looks really cool. But so did Destiny. So did No Man's Sky. So did basically everything Ubisoft showed for the last yeah, four years. Yeah. And I'm pretty much just kind of Emperor's New Clothes at this point. Like I don't, I don't know what to make of it. The, the part with the jetpack, you look like Iron Man. That was cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the thing. It, it literally did look like you were flying around like Iron Man. Yeah. And that that was. <laughs> I mean, it, it looks like a smart version of Destiny. It, it, it looks like basically a, uh, a little bit of a, a smart iteration on that formula. Um, whereas I know Destiny 2 left a couple people wondering, like, well, what is so different? Like, yeah. it, it got a lot of the mean Destiny 1.5 comments or whatever. If this is doing something dramatically different, that's 
huge, and EA yeah. could cut into that market, right. I think. Well, we did look, we get, we got to look in the trailer of this, all these dynamic weather systems and like crazy storms going on, and in addition to the fact that you're, well, it's also third person, and there's, you're moving around this huge environment, it's like proper open world, presumably. Mm -hmm. uh, that could get really exciting, but at the same time, if it's more like kind of, go on a, go on a, a side quest thing with your friends, and also I just, I don't know. I, it's it's a hype piece. Like I yeah. I, I wanna I wanna be excited about it. I wanna like it, but at the same time, it's you know fool me fool me once. You know. Yep. Yeah. That being said, uh, this looks really cool. And then, and then, 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 like, then it goes, goes underwater. underwater. Yeah. Then it goes the underwater, underwater thing. That was that's a good reveal. That's really cool. Yeah. Also, like these are just like that that animal he fights up ahead is just straight up a rancor. Yeah. Which is okay. That's mm -hmm. fine. We've gotten we've gotten forty minutes into this episode without you talking about Star Wars. <laughs> Oops, my bad. <laughs> uh, now, totally on the other end of the spectrum in terms of just budget and tone and everything uh, is a way out, which yeah. is an EA game, which is from uh, Joseph Harris, who did Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. Mm -hmm. And this is a mandatory co-op game about Prison Break. What do you guys make of it? Is it local co-op as well? It's local co-op. that's yeah. brilliant. Like, when we're talking about like Destiny and these online experiences, there's someone is making that type yeah. of game that's forcing you to play it in that way because yeah. they know they can control like what's happening in your living room. Yeah, and so sofa. much of it is, uh, Joseph said, it's it's about the discussion between the two players. Like we saw a scene where it's after they break out of prison and they roll up to a gas station and they have to rob it because they don't have money. And they're in the car and they have one gun and they're like, all right, which one of us is going to take the gun? And the players have to come to a consensus on which of the two of you are going to have the gun, which will change your verbs during the robbery. Um, and I find that really cool. Like, if, if, if the game is a series of choices like these, this, where I sit next to a person on a couch and we're like, I don't want the gun. Yeah. You take it. Like, I want to do other things. Like, yeah. I, I want to take a pass. This I mean, I, I love that he's sort of in a really smart way with Brothers and now with this is just rethinking what co-op is yeah. and what an experience is. Like, because Brothers is a co-op game that you play by yourself. Yeah. Like, it's like a really interesting mechanic. Uh, and this seems so smart. Like, little things like if one player's in a cutscene, the other one can still control. And, and, and they're like, they can appear in the background like a weird extra who walked out of place. <laughs> yeah, exactly. like, <laughs> I love how, it, yeah, it's how many games have we gotten where it's a sort of standard that, oh, it's, yeah, it's co-op. Both people get guns, of course. Now they're like, sorry, no, there's one gun. You got to fight over yeah, it. Yeah. You, you and your brother are going to be punching yeah. each other on the couch. Like, yeah. yeah, seems super cool. Um, also, I'm, I love that this guy is. He's a he's a film director. He's mm -hmm. on he's on like you know top ten lists of like rising stars in, in the movie industry. And then he's just like, no, I'm going to make games. Yeah. And I think having an outsider's perspective with the same sort of vision is really cool. And I think he. He proved himself with brothers. So. Yeah. It's also one of those things where there's so many movies that so often it's like, oh, like this is like a video game version of Die Hard. This is a video game version of The Raid or whatever it is. Like, Shawshank Redemption is such a fascinating thing. If, if you're going to feel even remotely inspired by something, yeah. that's a world I'm fascinated yeah, by. The late 60s, early 70s just aren't like, dealt with in games a lot. Yeah, yeah. Totally. yeah. It's a nice, nice change of pace. Mm -hmm. um, another uh, period of history that isn't dealt with quite as much is, of course, the prequels of Star Wars, <laughs> uh, which is where Battlefront 2 is doing. And I've talked about Battlefront 2 a bit this, this year. No, a little, you? little tiny bit, yeah. sort of, kind of. I love that trailer so much. The very beginning of it, when it's uh, fading in and out of the different eras of yes. Star Wars, is yeah. so cool. Yeah, it's a cool trailer. Uh, it, ma it makes the prequels seem so cool, yeah. which yeah. is so weird. I don't know how you did that, but like running around feed as a battle droid, it was super exciting. Yeah. Well, it's weird that like visuals from the prequels are effectively getting a, a HD remaster yeah. with this. Yeah, totally. Uh, I also love that you know we've got this like this this heavy sort of like dice like this is a this is a, a shooter you know this is yeah. gritty but then you've got like Roger 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and I got to play a couple of rounds I love I think the class system super smart I love battle points and now that you have to earn the ability to play as Ray or Darth Maul and not just randomly pick up a token on the battlefield it's so much better yeah, the, the card better. system was messy I think yeah yeah um, yeah it seems like they were 
I, I think they bit off exactly as much as they could chew. With the first game, they made something that was it was balanced and grounded, just pretty simple. It was kind of remedial, and they were trying to hit that sweet spot of lining up with the Force Awakens release. And this time, they've got you know a little more wiggle room. Yeah. And the fact that they're not uh, parceling out the DLC as part of a like season pass mm -hmm. is awesome because yeah. that won't split up the the community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the content seasons idea is really smart, especially starting with the last Jedi. Like, duh. Yeah. yeah. And then they uh, we got to see behind closed doors uh, one of the the first single player mission, um, which I thought was super cool. Full disclosure, I, I think I've kissed the writer. Yeah, probably. Mitch and I have kissed at some point. There's a lot of kissing. That um, weird. But the thing I took from this, uh, a so we got to see a little bit in depth of what that was, which was really scary. It's like a the the, the Royal Imperial Guard with a face that showed a message from Palpatine, sort of a, in case I die, play this message. But it was also sort of wispy, like a Dementor. Like it was actually kind of scary. Uh, and then the mission itself was, it was weird to play a game where you know you play as this character who's gunning down members of the Rebellion. And so you're gunning down these troops that look like the good guys. And what's the Neonum? I always have to look at Celestian. you. Celestian. Like, Thanks you. I killed several. <laughs> yeah, I killed, it sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I like them so much. I killed several Celestials. I was oh, like, no. ooh, I feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I've been playing hours and hours of the first one, and I, I don't kill those guys either because you have to grind a lot to get those heads, and I, <laughs> they're better than me. Yeah. Uh, another game about uh, shooting, shooting stuff that maybe is too familiar is Far Cry 5, mm -hmm. which, of course, has you in Hope County, Montana, and yep. you're fighting like crazy militant cult members. Yeah. Marty, uh, You've been kind of focusing on this one yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. I am so on board for this. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, at first you're like, it's coming to Montana? Like, why, how is this going to work? Because especially the, the, the series it went from Africa to the it's islands. It's exhausting, but yeah, I guess that's yeah. relative term. Yeah, exactly. Well, but, I mean, for you, is it? Okay, I mean, well, like, what are you yeah, going to ask? Farms aren't that exhausting. We have farms, Andrew. Um, I, I don't know if we have one of those. Maybe. I don't even know what that is. That's a cow. Uh, it's a cow, buddy. Yeah. Definitely don't have that. That's our path. <laughs> um, but I, I think the setting's really cool. I think the trailer... Um, and some of the gameplay, so at Ubisoft, like, it, it marshals that kind of really kind of creepy, sinister tone, but then it just goes nuts. Yeah. When the, like, the dog runs in and oh, the yeah. sky like, overhead in a plane, like, it is eccentric still. Yeah, and that's the, the, the guns for hire system, which is uh, the, the way they're, you know, they've gotten rid of outposts, but there's still these uh, areas you have to clear, and so the demo we showcased live yesterday, um, it showed this small stretch, but you could choose which companion you had, and there was uh, Boomer, who's uh, 2017's best boy, he's a very nice dog, there's a pest, uh, pet button, comes up, licks you on the face, came to the show, uh, but his ability is you can send him into town and he will passively target every single enemy. And so we'll come back and all of a sudden every enemy is targeted and then you can be like, all right, get that guy's gun and he'll hey, bite the guy's gun and bring it back. That him. sounds like a game that I played called Metal Gear Solid 5, The Phantom Pain. Oh, a no, game no. That this is way different though. Uh, then another one of them <laughs> is a sniper and you can put her up into the water tower and she'll uh, protect you with sniper fire. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, you know, that's that's also. I, I love that we're getting to this point where games are just sort of like they're and they're always they've always been like borrowing yeah. each other's mechanics and stuff. And uh, Metal Gear Solid Five borrowed so heavily from Far Cry. Yeah. And now we've got this, and it's I'm. This is what I was hoping. I'm like the, the tone is cool. It's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I'm not super in love with it, but hearing that they've shaken up the mechanics and they've gotten rid of outposts, like that sounds yeah. cool. And there's no you, there's no towers anymore. You don't have to climb to the top of a tower, and all of a sudden you get your icons. It's all sort of diegetic. You will pass a sign that says Deer Crossing, and on your map it'll be like. All right, there's cool. probably deer around and here, the, and the full thing's co-op as well. Full thing is yeah, oh, two-player wow. co-op the entire story. That's gonna oh, be wow. that's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, um, I, I want to dig more into the meat and potatoes of the story soon. Yeah. Yes, a lot of meat and potatoes though. It's in the heartland. Yeah, uh, they love that. <laughs> anyway, uh, we have to take a quick boys. break. When we get back, we're gonna talk about Assassin's Creed Origins. So uh, stick around. We'll be right back.
and welcome back to IGN Live at E3 in a very special edition of Beyond. Now, Assassin's Creed is sort of, it's, for a while it was this thing that you saw every year mm -hmm. at E3, but then suddenly, actually that's not even true, they did the Ezio collection last year. So we see Assassin's <laughs> Creed every year, but this is the first time they've basically been like, hey, we're taking a break for two years, yeah. and then we got Assassin's Creed Origins. What do you guys make of this? Uh, I got to play it. I love this, actually. Um, it's by the Black Flag team, which was one of the most fun and different Assassin's Creed yeah. games uh, in recent memory. And uh, taking a year off, I think, allows the series to breathe a little bit, sort of regain its footing. And, and I loved what I played. I think they need to spend a lot of time communicating all the stuff they've done in that extra year. So yeah. when you saw the extended demo in the Microsoft conference, yeah. like I think a lot of people just go, oh, it looks like Assassin's Like It's going to. It's going to be a guy in a row running yeah. around stabbing people and jumping off stuff. And the thing that what they need to talk about is like how the mission structure is totally different. Yeah. Because you can play missions in any order. They're, they're not repetitive missions. And how the combat is like significantly different mm -hmm. from the original. It's yeah. so crazy because I think a lot of people were very fatigued and skipped Syndicate. And Syndicate might be my favorite in the franchise. Yeah, it's great. It's really good. Yeah, the so it's like wonderful. A lot of mechanics were already refined there. And I would imagine that in the two years since, it's only gotten better. Yeah, I think it's less mechanical changes more like uh, like you the said, Dan. Yeah, changes. structural changes. Yeah. They said they want to go to this open quest-based system that almost sounds like a, a Bethesda game. It's like very like open world. Uh, do what you want in any order. And also they're they're leaning heavily into RPG elements. So between stats, between uh, a ton of armor and loot that have different rarities and different uh, elemental properties, uh, a giant skill tree. Uh, the combat seems significantly different. You know, yeah. it's not kind of the kind of Arkham Knight style yeah. that you got in Syndicate, but it is about managing distance. Hitboxes, yeah. parrying, parrying yeah. you know, that's, yeah. like, that's a big even, change. Even said, seeing that boss battle. Yeah, they like, said they want bosses. It seems like a like a Dark Souls or Bloodborne fight. Yeah, in and some at the end, ways. I think yeah. we saw like a weird little basilisk pop yeah. up. And I think like you know, we use that term a lot. Going, oh, the combat's a bit Dark Souls, and it's not the same. Like what I think people mean by that is like it's a bit more analog. It's not just hitting a button and yeah, you're doing a exactly. counter. You're thinking about when to manage your attacks, yeah. when to like back off. Yeah. Also, the game's gonna have mummies. Yeah, I love lots mummies. of mummies. Mummies love are great. Mummies. Uh, no, it's, I asked about this. It's got tons of animals too. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like I'm sorry. I don't know. Mummies and animals are some of my favorite things. Uh, but no, like it, I think they're they've they've been taking their time with this, and clearly they put a lot of time into the, the visuals and everything. But yeah. uh, it's also. I think for all intents and purposes, it's kind of a reboot. Like, yeah. And this is I mean, and it's going beginning. back to the beginning. Yeah, yeah. and like that's the series has supernatural elements yeah. in it. I want them to have more of that. It's yeah. almost like going back so far into history. They're kind of a bit more unshackled in what they do. Yeah. yeah. Has there been any talk of modern day stuff at all? No. I asked about it and I got one of those just non-committal answers. They're like, well, just just uh, uh, talk about yeah. that yeah. later. And yeah, I'm but like, you mentioned right. animals in my, in my, I played the game for like 45 minutes and I saw a camel, I saw a hippo, I went into an enemy encampment and I, there was a lion in a cage and I opened the cage and the lion ate everybody. Oh, like, this is great. So well, yeah, they're just dumping Far Cry stuff yeah. in there. I'm totally down with that. Yeah, uh, yeah if this is like, like Witcher-like quests and, and Far Cry combat and, and you have a bird companion like mummies. In, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's gonna be yeah. so many mummies in this game. You no, don't even know. I mean, it seems like they're they're having fun with it and doing some some new but, stuff. I'm yeah. so happy they took a, a took a break too mm -hmm. because like for so long it felt like like Ubisoft had this this house that had like a foundation that needed repair and they were like, yeah, but what if we just put up new wallpaper and you know rearrange the furniture and you're like, maybe work on the just maybe the basement flooded yeah. a tiny bit. But the only problem with the mummies, I think, mean, this is the biggest important question. They won't yet be mummies, will they? 
When you get mummified, how long does that take? I mean, aren't you immediately a mummy? Oh. Yeah, once you get the toilet paper around. Maybe like really fresh, mummy. fresh mummies. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. It's still a little bit wet. I don't know, yes. you reviewed the mummy, you know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, another thing we got to take a look at was at Bethesda's show, they showed off Wolfenstein 2, mm. which looks like a lot of fun. It's it looks awesome. like very... It's such a good trailer, dude. It looks like so really good. kind of like funny, like it, in like a really warped way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did, which of you guys, is, are you guys Wolfenstein guys? I think I, so I... I'm fascinated by this world because I'm not a Wolfenstein guy, honestly. And like machine games, their most recent one, New Order, was the first time I'd ever really spent time with the Wolfenstein game, and I ended up liking it way more than I would have yeah. expected. So like this, I I agree that like the the humor is what is making it interesting to me and like sets it apart a little. Yeah, bit. that humor wasn't like the gameplay in uh, New Order was wonderful. Like uh, first hour aside, which was sort of a crummy slow yeah. opening of the game, was awesome. The combat was great. It was the uh, level design was wonderful. Uh, and now it seems like they're doubling down into like you said, the story. This takes place seemingly in a alternate version of late '50s, early '60s America, and it seems like there's more like NPC sort of like quiet moments. I like how I say that as it's just non-stop action. Sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you, and it seems like these side characters you meet, are, you almost have this like Foxy Brown character mm-hmm. and it, 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 this weird alternate technology of like armor that will appear mm-hmm. on you and, and yeah. disappear. I mean, we're at this point where Bethesda's basically just doing weird reimaginings of the 50s and 60s technology between Fallout uh, and, this, and yeah. Prey and this. Yeah. Uh, it's also doing really weird reimaginings of its old franchises. Yeah. Like they did it with Wolfenstein a few years ago. It's continuing that on. Did it with Doom last yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. totally down. I mean, to some extent, even with Prey. Yeah. 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 Uh, now, one thing we talked about, uh, we saw a little bit of on the, on the Sony show, was, was PlayStation VR. They yeah. did have a ton of support. There was a ton of really cool stuff. There's Skyrim in VR, which made me pound my fist on the table and, I think, cry a little bit. I think you uh, yelled, suck it, plebes, to the war room. I'm the only one in the room with my $600 hat because Brian was getting dinner or something. Uh, but no, I'm really happy about this. Sony did a lot of support with that. We're going to talk about this so much more. Uh, I, they announced also Final Fantasy XV, uh, Monster of the Deep. There's me putting on my dumb hat. Uh, Monster, it's a, it's a Final Fantasy 15 fishing VR game, which yeah. is ridiculous. There's also one called Moss about a little mouse. Yeah. Uh, it, I'm glad they yeah. finally showed us. They announced that Super Hot is coming to yeah. PSVR. Su- uh, Super Massive has a uh, Until Dawn prequel. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's awesome. So I'm really happy about that. We are going to talk about that so much more for the rest of the year. Yes. Uh, we've got to wrap up this edition of the E3 Beyond, a uh, very special time. Thank you guys so much for coming Thank and hanging you. out Thanks. and goofing around. Uh, what are your final thoughts on this year's uh, this year's E3? I think uh, you know the last couple of years Sony has done this like wow us immediately, and then when you step back, you're like, well, these games aren't coming for a long time between Shenmue and Final Fantasy VII and Death Stranding mm-hmm. and everything. But I feel like this year what they did was like they looked at last year's wowing and were like, all right, here's what God of War is, here's what Spider-Man is, here's what Detroit is. A little bit. Like, that's my, I, I'm, I'm halfway between that and being like, I'm amazed we still don't have dates for those things. Yeah. Like, I almost feel like I wish everything had been pushed back a little bit. Like, I wish this was the year they revealed Spider-Man with that demo. I, I Honestly, as much as I love last year's God of War demo, like, same thing. I think these games are like, we, we see so many little bits and pieces before they finally come mm-hmm. that I just, I, I want, what I want to see from Sony and their other, like, 1,200 press conferences this year are is better timing for this mm-hmm. stuff. Because I want to know when I can play them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just really happy that Spider-Man <laughs> game is coming out and yeah, it looks seriously. like that. I'm, yeah. like, I'm totally happy with it looking a bit like Uncharted in those big set pieces because it looks incredible. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, I think, honestly, I think Sony had a great presentation of kind of, it was very grounded compared to previous years. Uh, I think that was sort of this E3 in general. Like, I think everyone sort of kind of just doing their homework. Like, Sony was like, here's a bunch of stuff that's coming out. Some of it's coming out soon, some of it's not. Uh, all the third-party stuff is kind of 
it's got stuff on, yeah. on PS4. And all this small uh, stuff wasn't on stage. They got yeah. out of the way before. Uh, yeah. Microsoft announced uh, their new console, and they were like, hey, if you want it, there it is. And then also, here's a bunch of stuff that's coming to both consoles. Yep. Uh, I think that's kind of becoming the platform for, uh, for people who want to play PC games but don't have a PC. I think that's really cool. They've got like a crossplay with Windows 10. And then Nintendo was like, hey, uh, we launched a new little toy this year and we're continuing to make stuff for it. So like, it's a really good time to be a gamer regardless it's of your platform. Like yeah. all four of us and everyone at IGN is exhausted and running on fumes right now, but I'm so excited because yeah. I'm like, I'm, I want to go play see yeah. Beyond yeah. Good Evil and then I want to go play Mario and then I want to go do PSVR stuff. Yeah, I'm yeah. really happy about this year's E3. Uh, that, wraps up, blah, that wraps up the E3 edition of Beyond. You can catch regular episodes every Tuesday on IGN or YouTube.com slash IGN Beyond on our app or just download the podcast. We really just, just type IGN Beyond in there and thank you for watching. Take it easy, guys. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.